Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 82 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, as previously seen on DC's The Swamp Thing, Hector. See, I had to adjust it, because until there's future references again of Swamp Thing, I just feel, I, I don't know. Oh, as seen to be in the future of the Swamp Thing movie, yes. <laughs> right? <gasps> That's right. Have you gotten a call? <laughs> yes james gunn has me on speed dial um ever since his work on uh slither right so, since slither yeah yeah no. since slither since i was the only one in the theater in slither when i went to go <laughs> he's had speed dial. he's like that one guy in that South. one guy that stayed for the end credits of brightburn to see uh rain wilson's super on screen again yeah yeah that's me he's 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 taking notice oh well that's good i'm proud of you um and so yeah we're we're back at it uh and so uh, I, I mean i i guess we have to do the thing it's why the people come here it is it is why people come here right <laughs> It's, it's debatable. Fine. <laughs> I, I the, guess the people came because, like, we just automatically popped up next on their uh, <laughs> podcasting app of choice. I'm, I'm still subscribed to that. Oh crap! I gotta remember to do that. Uh, I mean, I was watching I, cooking videos. How did this open up on my YouTube? I, I mean, I guess strap yourselves and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. Well, you know, we tried. Uh, on today's episode of The Pull List, we do have a wonderful show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know. Uh, our poll recommendations uh, might be a surprise or two in there uh, this week. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, our fave new number ones and so much more. This is The Pull List Podcast. Ah, so moving on into news as one does when running a comic book variety pop culture podcast. Um, comics right now is, well, I should say the industry of comics are all gathered for Comics Pro. They're in Pittsburgh. Um, comics Pro being the professional organization that does all of the comic booky industry things. So retail managers, um, publishers, distributors, now plural, not just Diamond showing up and everyone yelling at them, which is what it's been for many years. Um, we own your souls. Shut up and get in line. No, no, that's that's usually Marvel at these events, but oh. I digress. Oh, oh I carry man. On. No, it, like, I want to say nice things about people, but at the same time, one of the best parts about Comics Pro, one of the things that I'm always going to miss um, from going to their events is other managers that do things um, that are really cool, that like sharing the cool things that they do and how to grow the industry. Um, and a true mentorship environment exists in Comics Pro um, between store owners and all that. But 
usually the publishers will come and give kind of a preview of what's coming for summer and fall for the year so that folks kind of get an idea of, you know, how they can hype up their clientele. They can figure out what they actually want to order. Like um, if there's a wedding between Batman and Catwoman and they should perform <laughs> ceremonies and yeah, have 29 and that, million covers. And that was the year that we disowned DC. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the big two, Marvel and DC, it almost always is night and day between their two presentations. DC would roll in most of their senior leadership. Um sit down and be like, get out your smartphones because you're going to want to take videos and pictures of these things. And it was usually pretty cool. And then Marvel would show up with their paid security goons and be like, if we see a cell phone, we will tackle you and remove you from the room um, because we're giving you the insider dirt. Um, and then they wouldn't. <laughs> um, and it'd be from their senior sales um, people and no actual editorial or anyone else present. Mm. Um, yeah. So when DC literally sits like their entire editorial staff in front of the room and Marvel's like, here's the senior vice president of sales. It's like, got it. <laughs> um, but I slightly digress. Um, so a lot of us don't really get a lot of input out of comics pro, at least on Marvel news typically, um, because we're not supposed to quote unquote but i will get to that after the first thing so diamond there is some comics pro, pro news i'm not just pontificating about what a bunch of industry folks puff, do puff, 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 puff. i run a comics show show and yes. store puff, puff, puff. yeah <laughs> it's it's very much pinky out kind of stuff your big toe go on so diamond actually instead of literally getting smacked around because another part that they do, which is really cool is they usually do round tables where you can sit with representatives of major distribution hubs, publishers, um, very big pop culturally saley stuff, um, like statues and that type of stuff and get some time with their senior executives. So you can learn a little more about their companies or at least what their offerings are. Um, and Diamond usually just has to sit there and basically get beat up on for a day, day and a half. But this year, one of the biggest things that they're actually correcting is after a year, almost two years, almost more than that, of other distributors being brought into the space like Lunar and uh, Rent, Penguin Random House and all that. One of the things that Diamond was getting beat up on was their cost of shipping. It's always been atrocious. Um there is a high likelihood if you've ever wandered into a comic book store on a Monday through Wednesday that you've heard a manager go grumble, grumble, grumble. These shipping costs are outrageous. I right. can't believe it. it's not even packed properly. Look at these corners. Yes, basically that. Hector just did the perfect impersonation of 98.3% of comic book store owners and managers. Um, however, Diamond's finally done it probably that they've cut most of their profit margin out of it is they're dropping their shipping cost by almost 40%. So almost in half, um, which is good because honestly, a lot of folks have been backing off on ordering because when you're paying almost as much in shipping as you are for product, that usually isn't good for the bottom line. Um, I'm not a math genius, but that doesn't feel great. So diamond actually showing up and being like, yeah, okay, we heard you and actually do the thing is actually really positive for us as the end users as such. So I guess 
congratulations you found a way not to die for another year um hopefully that works out um but my next bit of comics pro news is important because i just explained to you why it's funny is we got a sneak peek at marvel stuff which means somebody did something they probably weren't supposed to do or marvel has finally learned their lesson and is letting people actually talk about the things they hear at comics pro um but marvel um the x-men hit 60 years old this year so Scott Summers and all of them are. Is it just that? Good grief. I get it was 64. But man, with all these other books being like 60, 70, 80 already, mm-hmm. it feels like X-Men should be. It's not as old. Um, X-Men doesn't even like qualify for Social Security, man. No, not yet. Um, mm. <laughs> they're all they working there, but it was not a good enough retirement. They'd end yeah. up working at a Dollar General. It's a whole thing. Go on. Yeah, no. Summers is totally a greeter at Walmart right now. Mm. Um, <laughs> the whole summer's clan right um, cables and electronics <laughs> hey he's got jokes oh. uh, um, so oh. yeah mm. Mm. <laughs> um so yeah there's there's some some photos of what that's kind of gonna be like because if you haven't noticed, Marvel's been trying to wring as much as they can out of the X-Men uh, franchise over the last two years, at least, um, with rebooting, rebooting the reboot, releasing 17 different side stories that are all connected, and then having events that they really want people to read, but nobody read. Um, so here's hoping we get a good <laughs> look at the 60, but... All we know for sure is that something is coming. I think I did see that there is another summer event that's going to be X-Men-ish focused, that they're shaking up the Avengers again, and it looks like the Avengers and the X-Men are going to fight. Um, You know, like they just literally did. Um, (laughs) And how they seem to a lot in general. So, I mean, if that's your jam, and I should be fair that I understand that some people are enjoying it. It's just never quite been my thing. Um, like I like X-Men. I like a lot of the early X-Men stories. I like why X-Men exists at all. And the work that was done in being able to tell a story that people are like, Oh, that's really relatable. And then a bunch of people feel really bad when they realize that they're actually the bad guy in that story. (laughs) Um, that there's there's a lot of history and everything there so i i hope it gets its due and that it's a good feeling well and let's be real though too like the x-men and what they stood for 60 years ago versus the x-men and what they stand for now aren't the same and if you look at the Mm x-men 60 years ago comparatively to the x-men now it looks like instead of being social injustice and racism and division, now the X-Men books look like a class pitch for socialism and uh, elitism and separatism. (laughs) So it's like they've come complete full circle where it, oh golly, it does. The X-Men books now look more like the X-Men are what they fought against 60 years ago. I guarantee no one writing it would agree with you, <laughs> but I don't, I, 
I do. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, right. Okay, wasn't expecting that hot of a hot take, but carry on. Yeah, yeah, well, here we are. Um, <laughs> comics are weird. Dude, I feel, I feel like I should be looking at my window right now like Kevin Feige is <laughs> just <laughs> like, it's time, pull the trigger. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Don't come at me, Kevin. So, so often. Man, so Kevin and James like have you on speed dial one to pick you up the other to eliminate you that's so weird and it's a friday morning good grief yeah, man well, here we are um so that's comics pro i guess the only other thing i could kind of give you to look at the comics pro world is the reason i get a bunch of comics pro news is a all my friends that are there but b that bleeding cool literally will message every single person that hashtags comics pro and be like send me pics um and it's it i i remember the day because i i told people jokingly that it's the day i made it in comics was the day that the managing editor of bleeding cool hits me up on twitter and is like send me all the pictures from the marvel panel that i'm not supposed to have and i'm like <laughs> no um but yeah, that's how they get their stories is they hope that somebody in the room will think being important enough to be mentioned on Bleeding Cool for basically violating what a major publisher wanted you to do. It's like, it's hey, Rich, Rich Johnson and I are friends now. Oh, nope. He just wants my photos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but now to say something nice about Marvel, because I try to bring balance to the news. And I think I can safely say that a lot of folks really enjoyed um, the Marvel Ultimate um, years. Am I wrong? I'd say 75% easily. Okay, that's of, fair. Like, Marvel readers. Like, there was some, I think the Marvel Ultimate Universe also did some of the, um, some of the best Marvel storytelling, but on the flip side, I think it also did that thing of where we're changing genders, uh, right. ethnicities and uh, statuses solely for the sake of doing it. Um, I think honestly, the Marvel ultimate universe was one of those organizations. One of the times that started now, is that bad to be fair? No, because we got Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. That's mm -hmm. one. Yep. Otherwise, we'd still be Hasselhoff in this piece. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it 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 had. I enjoyed the Marvel Ultimate World of a good deal. So, so you give Nick Fury the cred, but Miles just gets nothing here, huh? Miles was going to happen regardless. That's probably fair. Um, and and most people don't even really associate Miles with the Ultimate Universe, except his first appearance. His first appearance, but dude, that's been a million years from now. <laughs> and like, because listen, was Gwen ultimate? Like Spider Gwen? No. No, I don't think so. And so here's the thing. Most people put that Spider Gwen and Miles were just part of this shindig because they've been around long enough. Mm, that's valid. But. You've got the whole generation that didn't know about these characters until Into the Spider-Verse. So that's also fair. Those really cool new characters. Yeah, that's it. Dude. <laughs> that's all. Um, well, I'm actually semi excited for it 
not just because Ultimate was typically a lot of fun, but who's going to write the new series that's coming, which is dubbed Ultimate Invasion, because Marvel doesn't know how to use new words either. Like Crisis. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it could have been the secret Ultimate Invasion. Um, uh, the secret <laughs> Ultimate Invasion Wars? The secret Versus Ultimate. Cl- yeah, no, the secret <laughs> Ultimate Invasion Clone Saga Wars. Saga Wars. Zombie versus X Men versus X Men. <laughs> then we've got it nailed. But write that down. Actually, that's a good one. We should pitch that. <laughs> mm. um, oh, trust me, I'm sure it's already in the works. That's fair. Um, Hitch and Hickman are coming together to give us this series, and that's a heck of a team. Not gonna lie, um, it's gonna both look good and probably, hopefully, be well written. So we shall see. Um, so yeah, Marvel, Marvel Ultimates, folks, you, you've got some stuff coming up. I, oh, goodness. Actually, looking kind of buried in it, I see the words X-Men, Spider-Man, Secret Wars, and a bunch of other stuff in there. So we were mostly right. Cool. Yes. Um, wow. <laughs> On the other side of the coin, DC has rolled out what their summer is going to be, and it... Are, are you ready for this? No. Mr. DC? Yeah, probably. Um, it's called Night Terrors. Is that something that happens within a fear state? It didn't say, but my goodness. Um, it has been dubbed fairly exclusively horror. The horror. Um, and all of the promo is very... <laughs> emo goth um for for dc um it sits kind of in the middle of this dawn of dc slash lazarus planet that yeah you know rebirth is over and i guess it's dawn of dc now so that that is too. rebirth's officially over i i it's weird because they keep talking about how dawn of dc is technically the future and the new tagline is forging the future one hero at a time. So, yeah, I think so. And we are already getting some of those books and we'll save it for the second half of the podcast because we're going to talk about one of them. Um, that that's not just a creative team. I believe that is technically the the renumber start of that place. For that hero, because if you look back at the book, it has the Dawn of DC um, tag on the top of it. Mm. Yep. So yeah, um, it's got a lot of metal-y type stuff in it. Um, a lot of stuff. Oh, that's a very fear state looking scarecrow. So yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't wrong. Carry on. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> your your DC summer event is going to look and feel like a Halloween special more than anything else. So and That's a weird thing to do in the summer because like, I don't think people are there yet. Now, usually summer is, uh, I don't know, they're probably trying to get that metal vibe because that was a summer, I think, when it started too. So there you go. And then finally, just a little bit of industry news as we shuffle the deck. Um, Oni acquired Lion Forge a year ago. So two kind of smaller independents combined into kind of a bigger independent. Um, 
Oni had had a bit of a revolving door at Editor-in-Chief and some of their senior editorial staff over the last year. Um, they're bringing in another EIC, which I think makes like their third or fourth in the last year, give or take. Like I said, it's been it's been a lot going on over there. Um, but they just picked up Sierra Han, who was at Boom for the last seven years. So that's interesting because we've talked a lot about Boom over the last three years. Yes. Uh, because their star just like, whoo. Um, they have done a lot of very good things. A lot of the books that we've talked about here have come out of Boom's catalog because they were just writing super good stories. So Oni has usually done some pretty neat um, creator-centric type stuff. Um, I've picked up a few of their books along the way that I've mentioned here in the past. So that's just a keep an eye on that because someone that was helping mint that much success at boom, hopefully will bring something to those smaller press and hopefully grow their lines. Cause I'm all about the independence uh, growing and uh, seeing more cool stories coming from a cross section of new creators. So I'm sure Probably by the time we hit the next episode, I'll have even more stuff that's come out of Comics Pro because when Comics Pro be hitting on every sound cylinder, there's just lots of stuff coming out because publishers are trying to drop all their new-ish news. Like, I get everyone's like, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. Well, Comics Pro is always early in the year, and they're trying to get the retailers hyped up. And I feel like technically more news comes out of Comics Pro, and it's just something that people typically don't pay attention to. So... That's me just sharing love for a great professional organization uh, that keeps the comics industry clicking along, but also that they give us lots of cool stuff to talk about for the summer. Uh, so that is what you need to know. And that's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you all of the insider knowledge um, that Rich Johnson publishes for us on behalf of people that he texts randomly at a conference um as always you can join in on the conversation with hector and i and all your nerdy friends on the love thy nerd discord which hector actually participates in occasionally and you I'm, can begin I'm getting better he's getting better <laughs> um so you can hit us up in the discord over there or on the facebook community tell us what you liked what you hated or possibly even what we missed because well probably did uh there's usually a lot of stuff going on you are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. Hi, I'm Julian Jamar, and this is another Reviews of the Nerds. Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. It's only in theaters right now. You guys, I really, really wanted to love this movie. Um, and there were a few things that I loved, so we'll get to those here in just a second. But first, let me give you just sort of a reference of what the movie is about. Um, it's been a minute since we saw Ant-Man, and now he is an author. He wrote a book about saving the world with the Avengers. And that's it. That's his entire life at the moment. They make it seem like he doesn't have a real life now because he, all he is is an author. And as an author, I will say, yes, I was offended by that. Thank you for asking. Next, they get zapped into the quantum realm by one of Cassie's inventions. And then they just explain everything. Like, 
everything except the things I really wanted explained. So be prepared for this. If something interests you and you want more information, <clears throat> it's not coming. The humor that you really desperately crave in an Ant-Man movie is also not really coming. So, but here are things that I loved. I loved Scott's love for his daughter. The daddy-daughter dynamic is beautiful and there is literally nothing he won't do to save her life. And of course, that's always precious. The Star Wars-less creatures that inhabit the quantum realm are really cool. Uh, they over-explain those too, but I really liked them. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's storyline is actually pretty interesting. They kind of get into her whole past when she lived in the quantum realm and that there were actually people that she encountered while she was there. And that sort of drives the plot of this story. I love it when Hollywood gives an older actress a big storyline and just lets them run with it. It is very visually stunning as well. Some parts were a little bit slow. Uh, I fell asleep during one part of the show, and in the movie's defense, my reclining seat was heated, and I was exhausted, and I was wearing my coziest sweater. So, they were also explaining something really boring. All in all, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was fun. It was a good uh, Marvel Universe movie. I'm glad that I saw it, so now I've got the story for the next part of the Marvel Universe. But it just didn't have the usual sparkle of Ant-Man, but still an enjoyable watch. I would watch it again when it comes out on Disney+. That's it for me today. Once again, I'm Julian Jamar. You can catch all my movie reviews and all my writing and everything at julianjamar.com. And this has been another Reviews of the Nerds. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. And with that, we should talk about some comics. I guess we talked about comics already, but yeah, it's kind of been the whole thing, dude. That's that's stop. Welcome to um, the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Oh no, can't do YouTube. Um, ew. Again, I stand by the fact that nothing we sing is going to sound good enough to actually be recognized <laughs> by the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> to my get a guy. copyright violation. My guy. Yeesh. At best, it's a parody, but no. Right? Come on, man. That wasn't even worth it. Um, all right. Wh what you got? Um, oh, um, this, is, this is my turn. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, we no, go. I, I want, I want, I would like you and then we can we can amaze all of the peoples with our shared <laughs> oh that's not right <laughs> that just needs to go in the show notes i'm saying uh, <laughs> uh see so okay when, he was, yeah, when hector this. memes while we're while we're doing things live it's important it's important um so yeah. uh before i talk about comics i just have to say this what chris and i just chuckled over um I said something right before we recorded the podcast about you're killing me softly. And he's yeah. like, and he said, don't go Fergie on me. Yeah. And I was like, nice and I was just so confused brain. and my guy confused Fergie and, and the, the Fugees. That's how <laughs> unawake I was. <laughs> the Fugees. All right. Anyway, here we go. I have to apologize for, to, to the Fugees. There's a lot of cultures that need an apology now from you. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not right at all. Um, I, I accept my punishment. <laughs> um, listen, did did you see uh, Radio Matt go volatile for somebody not like giving props to NF the other day? Mm -mm. 
Okay, so Radio Matt has you have to leave this in here. No conflict of interests. Um, Radio <laughs> Radio Matt made an LTN radio post where he basically like um, decapitated people who don't give NF respect. And um, <laughs> oh right, I'm sorry, I did catch that. I caught, I did see part of that. Yes, and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> if that if that's what happens when you disrespect NF, like what happens <laughs> if you disrespect like the Fuji's? Um, anyway, oh no, <laughs> we're gonna have a. A digital lynching for uh, Chris Borges. That, that, musical references. Right. Okay, here we go. Uh, I stand by the fact that the um, One Bad Day books have been a solid slap all across the board. Yup. Um, I really, I think the Bane was was on Bane or Catwoman were on my last week. I don't remember, but I've enjoyed them all. Um, even with Two Face being the weakest of the lot. Uh, these have been solid. Uh, Clayface gave us another one where uh, Basil, we go all the way back to Basil. Um, yeah. Um, where he is trying to earn his time to become a big actor in Hollywood. Um, he's trying to earn his time with that. So he's working in the same restaurants that all the struggling actors work in and he's trying to establish relationships. And um, can, I, can I at least mention that this book was amazing, but I have to do this because it got stuck in my brain while I was reading it. I still, during the very early pages of this book, heard Alan Tudyk Tudyk's, doing. Oh, I was going to mention the same doing, thing, dude. Doing uh, Clayface uh, from Harley, and I'm like, I know you're going for a different vibe here, but no, they were going for a hundred percent different vibe. <laughs> I know it was supposed to be serious. And I, I went to Juilliard. Yeah, <laughs> no. Now, first of all, let me say I have been. And uh, Alan to the stand long pre Firefly. Yes. Um, yeah. I was an Alec to the stand when it came to 28 days, the addiction mm. movie yeah, with yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Like I, I was quoting him from that point on. And then by the time we got to a night's tale, it was over. Like <laughs> I've been saying paying, you know, fonging your entrails will be your extras. I love Alan Siddick. Um, and the fact that now he's just birds and Disney is weird. Um, but mm -hmm. like he's the freaking parrot in Encanto or a toucan. <laughs> like he doesn't even have lines. He's just go, like he, he makes bird noises. Um, <laughs> he's the chicken in Moana for crying out loud. Um, that's a reference. Yes. Yeah. Good. Hey, Hey. Um, but, uh, so anyway, like he has done and and when the Harley Quinn show started, I didn't think, oh, this show's gonna like genre define characters the way it has and that it's gonna do it. But man, the Harley Quinn show has absolutely redefined some characters in ways. It gave us an animated version of the meme of Tom King's Kite Man. Yeah. Um, it made Kite Man Hell a yeah. staple. Um, <laughs> it further portrayed the Tom Hardy Bane voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my toaster. Like, I mean, he's, it's still like, I get that the Dark Knight Rises was supposed to be serious, but my gosh, it has perpetuated so many memes over the yep. years. I love it though. Um, but honestly, that was one of the things that made me like this book is because this sucker is trying so hard to be so serious, but yeah. the story they told mimics the Harley Quinn Clayface so well yes. that I couldn't stop hearing the voice. Yep. Like, and I was trying so hard to hear, I was trying to hear that, uh, 
tortured voice from Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. I was trying for that. And Alan Tudyk's voice would creep in. Yep. And so that being said. um, And that it was almost literally part of one of the plot points from Tudyk's character. It was. It was the whole James Gunn plot point. And the fact that before they announced that James Gunn was taking over the DC universe, that he was a character on Harley Quinn season three like a main staple that yep. that James Gunn was making the bat, the Thomas Wayne biography. Yep. Which is funny. But if you've enjoyed the one bad days and you'll enjoy this. So there's that. Yeah. And to kind of close on it though, cause I, I dug it too, but I knew that Hector was going to talk about it. Um, cause all of these Batman basically shows up at the end of the bad day. Right. Yeah. Mostly. And so when he shows up, he's like, yo, my guy, I, Again, I want to give you guys some space because life sucks and stuff like that. But uh, spoiler, no spoilers. He's like, y- you've killed nine people today. Today. <laughs> today. Today. <laughs> and he's like, nah. <laughs> um, so I I did kind of dig the it's technically a very gritty clay face. But if you have had harley quinn's hbo max show in your head at all um yeah and 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 more just moderate alan zudek praise um the fact that he's the joker and clayface right and that like at first i was like oh the joker's the important role and that clayface is like the whatever role and i'm just like hold on you made like your joker's his joker's impressive yep but my goodness, he owns Clayface yes. like really well. Okay, <laughs> going on. Um, first of all, let me say this makes my pull list a because of lack of good books, <laughs> and b uh for the fact that of one plot point at the end. Okay, have you read this? I didn't. I didn't. Um, it kind of lost me about two issues ago. Yeah, and it's it's I'm not saying it's picked itself back up. Yeah, okay. Um, this is DC's War of the Undead Gods. Now, here's the thing, though. I've put like four hundred dollars into this franchise specifically, probably because I bought the hardbacks of every other. Um, once these stories have been collected, I've bought the hardbacks, and I think Todd and his loving self got me the one that I hadn't gotten. So, oh, because Todd's a nice friend. Um, yeah, and. But like I've been reading the story and I was like kind of like, oh, dude, I don't want there to be more to this story. Please stop. Um, but, you know, now we're fighting the undead gods, the new gods, the, all that jazz. All um, the gods. <laughs> Wait, huh? what? I said all the gods. Wait, what? All the gods. <laughs> um, and that's what's happening. And so like we're at the point where, again, yet Damian Wayne is Batman alongside Alfred and all these other people are still survived through all this mess. And the reason this gets my uh, nod for getting approval um, is the fact that um, it just had a moment, and I, I, uh, I just, I'm a sucker for certain things, and um, at this point in the story, like, uh, I honestly, dude, I've liked Alfred forever, you know, growing up with this. And Mike Perna kind of pointed it out, and we did the whole thing with that. But, like, 
I appreciated Alfred before them killing Alfred. Mm. Um, but I'll say this: I've missed Alfred being a staple. Right. So whenever I get Alfred in a good form, I enjoy this. So one of the plot points that happens, and I don't think anybody that's reading this cares enough to actually feel like it's spoilers. Um, <laughs> because Aww. nothing that's happening is like, oh man, my soul's dependent on this storyline. Um, so there's, <laughs> this is where we're at. Um, a zombie mitzel plick. <laughs> that's a sale point. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh no, there's a, there's a giant battle in space. Between a zombie mitzel plick, and I'm surprised I can say that word. You used, yeah, but you did exactly what anyone who can say it does: is you have to stop and literally think through. Yes, <laughs> through the word you while you say it. Um, there's a battle going raging from last issue to this issue between a giant zombie mitzel plick and the specter, and plus every other magically ish entity, and finally, like the specter can't uh win or whatever uh or mixoplick can't win against it so mixoplick just reaches inside the specter and yoinks out james corrigan and just lets him die in space and so the specter drifts away uh it's like oh that's a super rude way to do that um meanwhile on the other side of where earth is t- happening um the new gods are showing up and all the human heroes are still left trying to defend everything. And uh, Leslie and Alfred are a couple in this. If you've missed this, like Leslie Thompson and Alfred are together. Okay. Damien is Batman. Some new gods show up and uh, turn Leslie. Okay. And Damien tries to protect Alfred. And Damien straight gets just racked, punched in the face by the Allfather. Or okay. Yep, yep. Ryan or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like, it literally looks like his skull might be in three pieces inside his head from the, the girth of this hit. And we get this panel where you get Alfred saying, I will not lose another son before becoming the specter. Well, huh? Because it just was perfect timing that Mixelplick killed Corrigan and the Spectre needed somewhere to land at the time that Damien got punched in the face too hard and Alfred becomes the Spectre even with his cute little mustache. And if for nothing else, if you'd said, hey, Alfred Pennyworth's the Spectre now, I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to read it. Just um, saying, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah, as like I just want to see where you go with this because here's the thing that could actually be something that could transfer to DC proper, but I don't think that Alfred is the spirit of vengeance. But neither is most of these people that end up being the spirit of vengeance. They're just the body for it. So if we get Alfred right. Penny, if we get Alfred Pennyworth as this like DC, do it, do it. <laughs> if you've got to, if you've got to give me Alfred in some fashion, make Alfred the Spectre and let's carry on. Right? It kind of feels good. Yeah, no. It kind of feels good. I feel like he might have earned that after, you know, being dead for a while. <laughs> He's been dead, what, two years now? Maybe more? Yeah, I don't hate that. Okay, yeah, DC, we want that book. Yeah, make that happen. Don't don't give us Crisis of Infinite Dawns or whatever. <laughs> Just give us. <laughs> Alfred Pennyworth, the gentleman specter. The gentleman specter. 
Pinky's out as you die. <laughs> He's going to kill you, roast your immortal soul, and then clean up afterwards because it's tidy and proper. So elegant. <laughs> so elegant. And again, this book makes my pull. Lack of good books. And this is my best option. Dude, I dropped $75 at my comic shop this week for my pulls for the last two weeks. Dang. And I've let enough stuff fall off mine that it's not as painful. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, I had probably like $40. Then I tried a bunch of new stuff and the new stuff didn't make it on my list. Um, So we'll have to see if some of the some of my new stuff was stuff that didn't hit. It is not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can Um, talk about that. Save, yeah. save it. Some, yeah, some of your new stuff, but it was, yeah. um, but here's what I will say: I've been on again. I've been on the White Knight trail for a hot minute. I remember when this dropped when I was at a NC Comic Con show, mm-hmm. and like issue one had just dropped, and we were at an NC Comic Con, and that feels like a freaking lifetime ago. It almost is, which womp 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 womp. Um, but like I, my daughter got to go meet uh. Sean Murphy, who makes this book, and he right. gave her sport. You remember, it? like, yeah, you can find this. It was on really cool. Old pool we, list. He yeah, gave her a cl- about it. Yeah. He gave her a clue about the storyline that was coming. Drew Smart. It was a it was a good experience. So I've been a fan. Like, if nothing else, I'll keep buying this dude's books for the happy he gave my kid. That my kid that no longer remembers or cares about that moment, but I do. Because <laughs> um, she's a cool Swifty teenager. Um, but this has been the cult. This is what I think is the culmination of this storyline. Mm. Um, of where it introduces Batman beyond to this world. Oh, okay. So that's what the whole thing was. It's, um, Bruce Wayne's in prison. Uh, the Joker is dead. Uh, Harley and Bruce have a relationship, but he, Bruce owned his crimes and took his prison sentence. All the Bat family's fighting. It's what this whole story has been. Um, but the big, element that's made this book fun which you're seeing in a lot of other books right now is that they've included the joker in it even though he's dead because he's an ai after program embedded into bruce in case bruce ever loses his way so jack napier included a computer program that was going to be put into bruce so literally bruce is dealing with a uh comedic well-meaning encouraging version of jack napier through every day of his life since he's got out of prison Jeez. and so it's one of these things nobody else can see him he's talking to himself but he's got the joker over his shoulder the whole time cracking jokes <laughs> um nice and it gets weird bro it gets weird er <laughs> than that but uh-huh. anyway like the powers corporation which is you know kind of the same plot line of batman begin or bat the Batman Beyond, they find Terry McGinnis, give him the bat suit because he's trying to use him as a tool against Bruce and all that jazz. So you get basically the normal Batman Begins storyline. Um, but in the process, the Joker and Harley's two kids, the teenager in that group has been kidnapped by the Powers Corporation. Mm-hmm. So everybody and their mom is going to rescue him. Something that happens with uh the hologram element of the batman begins suit lets everybody see the dead joker now oh so now the joker that's just been living in batman's head for the whole storyline now has an outside voice (laughs) 
Uh-oh. And so everybody's getting to interact with Jack Napier. And at one point, and I, it wasn't in this issue, but at one point you actually get um, Bruce getting knocked out and Jack taking over his body so that he can be with Harley. And it's weird because she's with Batman. So it's just this whole like, ew, what is happening? Wonder Woman 84 vibes. Um, oh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I say I'll say this was a really good culmination of the whole story. As I'm reading this issue, I get holding on for a hero Shrek 2 vibes of like everything's coming together. It's a good pitch. It might be the best part of the whole storyline. And I'm like, oh, man, this would be a really good place to end this whole storyline. <laughs> Like, to let the White Knight story be put to rest. We've covered all the bases. All the T's are dotted. All the I's are crossed. This would be a great place to end it. And, and as that's what I was saying as I read it. And then I get to the end. And a very different looking Diana Prince, who is not Wonder Woman, shows up with a very different um, Green Lantern that's not a Green Lantern. They're just like street clothes cops. Like they're not supers. Okay. Because an alien threat from Metropolis has showed up and they might need this old Bruce Wayne Joker guy to go stop this new alien threat that could potentially be a problem. And they hand Batman an iPad with Superman on it, like a teenage Superman. And I'm like, did we go full Zack Snyder here? <laughs> is that what we're doing did we go from batman the animated series to Zack snyder because he could be a threat and i'm like guys i'm like this was your jumping off point sign it be done move on with your days and instead they just brought us a weird circle to the snyder verse of a elseworld so for everything that came up to that point this was a good issue after that yeah <laughs> Keep that for grading. Go on. Tell your tell your stories there, Chief. Yeah, so you might have caught Hector and I, we, we know how to count. That was only three, but you're, it's because in a, I believe this is a first. It's usually one of us concedes or whatever. But yeah. Right, but this time we are, we, we have unanimously agreed that we're going to share one. So boom, but you don't get it till the end. Ah, stay tuned. Um, Todd's already after- called it online. Yeah, I know. It's in. It's because it's in your photo. How dare you? You messed it up. No, I did. <laughs> um, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, so I pulled another. What are all the number ones that were interesting to me um, for my polls? And so I'm assuming one of the books that you read and just didn't hit for you was Tinian's new blue book. No. Really? It's a Tinian book. You saw that, right? No. <laughs> Um, I saw it. Um, I don't like, well, here's the thing, dude, up until, you know, some of the Batman run, I didn't like Tinian. That's fair. Um, but it's his, it's his little mini imprint. So this could have been somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but it's called blue book and you know, it's got the little UFO thing on it. Um, so it's, it's tongue in cheek, very obviously named for, the U.S. Air Force's Project Blue Book, which was the UFO studies for years and years and years for all you UFO fails. It's aliens. Um, 
And it kind of tells that story, but part of why I really dig it is the entire book is in blue, black, and white. All of it. All of it. Um, and it's kind of a neat art style. And the first story is basically, it's kind of like Twilight Zone, Unsolved Mysteries like vibe of so-and-so and his wife are returning from a vacation late at night when they see a strange object in the sky. And they walk through that entire process like as as much as it can. And then the book changes to tell another story. And then suddenly everything's in black and white. And it tells like a cryptid type weird story of folks from above. So I don't know for sure if this is going to remain in the aliens um, vein or if it's going to go kind of like into all urban um legends encrypted type stuff or whatnot but it's a neat looking book i like it when artists do things like this and it doesn't suck like yeah it's it can be gimmicky but it's pretty it's pretty gimmicky (laughs) um and i just want to know what happens next is kind of where i'm at um i give a lot of books to this audience in that format and sorry not sorry because a lot of these i think at least the stepping off point is interesting a lot of books don't follow up well, but I buy a lot more books for that reason because of how you've done that. So, yeah. Um, so it was at least fun. Another fun one. And maybe this is the one you read. Do you read local man? No. Which one did I read that? Oh, the last one. Um, that makes sense. Um, but image doing image things here. Um, the premise is actually the premise right here. So if you turn this book upside down, you'll find another book um, that looks very much like old school image, right? See that? And that's the point is it gives you the story in a very brigade esque vibe of this superhero that apparently did something very, very terrible and has basically been thrown out of his superhero crew. So this is kind of the boys though, that um, this organization that he belonged to, I got to find it real quick. Oh yeah. It's called, they called (laughs) instead of X gen um, or gen 19. What was it? I forget another image book, but it's a playoff that, that this is third gen, the team third generation. Um, Something terrible happened. They stripped him from it, but they function as a corporation. So he is to never use his likeness, his superhero name, even his basically signature move is copyrighted. Um, And he's going home to live in his parents' basement because he's got nothing left. Um, And they kind of tell the story now of he's not supposed to do any of those things. He literally gets served papers because he uses a trash can lid as a shield and he is no longer to use shield or shield like objects (laughs) Um, in anything that he does. Um, So it's this. I would have read that. I didn't see that. So it's so but what's really great is it seems pretty clear kind of like the DC books that have um, the the shorts that kind of continue at the end, that they're going to give us the other book in about the same amount of space. So you see, yeah. Um, so it's a two for one, very imagey type book um, that I was like, I, this is one I think the gimmick's fun. 
So I think I might, this one might make the poll as long as they don't jack up the story in the next issue or two. Um, so tons and tons of fun. Uh, I don't have to say a lot here. I am officially adding Junkyard Joe to my poll because this is just fun. There's a lot going on here. Um, this is one that actually I think I have to recredit Todd for telling us about once upon a time that this story of this Vietnam era robot and the super shadowy government organization that supposedly controls him, except that their robot is basically gone. This is your second time having it on here, right? Second or third at this point, because yeah, yeah, it, it is one of the more like, it's one of the more interesting things out there. And it's a Jeff Johns joint. Like, (laughs) why are you good out here, Jeff? (laughs) I was about to say, um, in in indigo style i don't think that means what you think it means right (laughs) jeff john's joint used to mean a thing right now it means less of a thing well and what's even funnier is is gary frank is is drawing it which makes this the most dc image book (laughs) um possible um so yeah it's jeff john's approved wonder woman 84 just saying uh Jeff. <laughs> um, so that leads us to Chris and Hector's joint book of the week. <laughs> we share custody. We share. We've we've drawn up papers. Um, this is going to come as a shock to people that know how I make selections, and maybe not as much of a shock for how Hector makes selections. Um, but I'm not sure either of us have uttered the word Superman <laughs> in 84 issues. <laughs> in 80, sorry, 82 uh, episodes. Of a straight Superman book? Probably not. No. I think we might have talked about action um, or maybe event books. Yeah, but not but, like just the standard Superman book. Um, Williamson? And that was honestly the thing that got it because I know what Williamson's capable of. Right. I know, so I, I've seen one of my favorite, one of my favorite flash writers. I was like, okay, everybody gets one. I hated what he did with Batman, which made me almost not pick this up. Well, here's the thing. I forgot. What did he do with Batman? I forgot. Uh, he, it was only a four part arc. And honestly, oh, what? It was, it wasn't, he was the changeover between two writers and I forget where I think he followed King and it yeah. was only for an arc and all of us went, what happened now? I really liked during King's run, like there would be some crossover books where Williamson yes. wrote. I liked those. Yeah, no, like the, he, uh, he did some of the button stuff. I think he did and, some of the button stuff and some of the stuff with Gotham girl and everything. But here's the, here's the thing. And I think this is why this book stands out to me is also, that art though <laughs> oh and did you notice that on the mural it had the um superman the animated series art uh-huh. so, smart. so smart um and giving us live wire like in the first as well um is pretty great lex lex in his ear annoying him yep was like gold but i think why this is gonna stick for me in the longer run is he this is what williamson does and it was made a ton of sense for flash because a lot of this is this, but Williamson writes a ton of internal dialogue when he does characters and you usually see them in different colored um, bubbles. And you are supposed to understand very quickly in his style that 
this is internal what's going on in the head of character and i guess for me when he did that with batman it just didn't click but this made me go yeah that's clark that makes sense to me it makes Um, me feel like he gets the character better than other people agreed and this book just made me go i there's been because superman is you know one of the places that this all started um we've heard the story a thousand times. We've heard versions of the story a hundred thousand times this time. It just felt natural to a re a re-entry point for Clark Kent, for Lois Lane, for Jimmy, all the characters that, you know, we know and have some understanding of, but this just felt like Superman. And I've just not felt that way for a while. And sorry, Bendis fans. I, don't care. Um, I, that run just didn't do a thing for me. Um, that might have been the last time I read a Superman book, and before that, it was even longer. <laughs> um, that I tried here and there to jump in, and just it always either felt so over the top, and it's like, no, just just give me, give me soups, give me Lois, and and problem solving, and this is all of that but I don't feel like it's overwhelming and I want to read more of it. It, it felt like this was the best standard stand up Superman book on its own. It wasn't predictable. Um, right. It kept me guessing. Uh, they gave enough twists where they made Jimmy Olsen cool. And <laughs> right. Um, I was like, what the crap is happening? Putting super, I don't know what it is. I get that the Clark in glasses thing has always been the staple, but right. putting Clark in a dad hat, right? A Smallville dad, small dad hat to to boot. A Smallville dad hat, glasses, and wearing headphones like older beats because that's not the cool thing to wear anymore. Uh, <laughs> podcasters aside. Um, <laughs> and then making, yeah. And then making Lois, um, you know, the editor of the Daily Planet. I meant like right. all of it. Plus, Mercy looked dope in this. Love Mercy as a character. She never gets much love. Yep. Um, she's always like an expendable goon, depending on who's still storytelling. And just the way they set the story up. I meant like there was a lot of stuff that just kept me like, oh, that was fun. That was weird. What's happening? Okay, cool. Right. Um, and uh, Todd mentioned on my Facebook, uh, you know, just also the way that Lex just took away the fact that Everybody knows his identity. Right. So secret identity restored. <laughs> You're right. Whoop. No. So if Superman. it stays like this, I would be good. And and what the other thing that really tells me is this is I hope that this is the type of thing that James Gunn is think thinks not having Cavill is worth. Right. Okay. That if this is if, if James Gunn brings us this kind of energy. It'll be worth it. Yep. Um, Which BT dubs, from what I saw, James Gunn confirmed, this will not be a John Kent movie. Right. Right. Because people were saying the age difference was a thing. So, no, this will not be a John Kent Superman story. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mira. And this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So Saturday and Sunday were some big days in the world of Pokemon Go. 
Saturday and Sunday were also days where I was stuck at a booth at a Comic-Con and couldn't go anywhere. And so these were days where you had to battle primal, like more vicious and monstrous versions of a couple legendary Pokemon in raid battles, which means you have to team up with other players and try to bring these behemoths down. And as we were doing this, normally you would get a group of people roaming around a city and they, you would all like go together and like travel together and just, you know, put on a hurt. But, uh, as I was stuck at a table and could only reach one gym, uh, from that table, I, I, my options were super limited. And so with Pokemon go, you can actually send out invitations to five people to join you in a raid from a distance, but it actually costs those people money or coins in game to be able to join you. So it's not like people, you know, have infinite resources to do that. So I was trying to get some raids accomplished and I was struggling. And then the artist at the booth next to me saw me fervently tapping my phone, realized what I was doing. He's like, oh man, I'm trying to do these raids too. And I'm struggling. Let's do it together. So he and I both were going into gyms and we were both sending out invitations and asking people to come and help us. Um, But even with that, you know, we'd send out our invitations and there would still be many times we tried throughout the long hours we were sitting at the booth where we were trying to get enough people to help us accomplish the task. But even though that we were sending out all these invitations, it still wasn't enough that there were gems we still couldn't take there. A Kairogi needs like at least seven people to take down in this form. We weren't accomplishing it. And it reminded me of this circumstance in Matthew chapter nine verses 37 and 38 where jesus says then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest and y'all we aren't enough on our own to get the gospel fully out there maybe it's time we actually ask god to send more help Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. So what's your number one? Oh, my number one is another image book because image do be in... Spring usually is when image is like, hey, so remember how we haven't given you anything in six months? (laughs) Yeah! Um, Because one, two, three or four number ones from image in the last two weeks? Yeah. There's a lot. At least. Um, but this behemoth of a book, which it tells, was thick, which tells me it's probably not going to come out monthly, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, Black Cloak. Oh, you have um, a different cover than me. Okay. I don't know. Maybe because I'm awesome. Maybe because you're awesome. I don't know. Who knows? Mine look a little more risque, but, you know, oh. not not by my choice. <laughs> yeah, understood. This is the one that was available to. Well, um there is a second print of this um 
because I guess it did super well. But anyway, uh, the reason this made my poll is because I am a stupid basic human being that loves police procedural. Because I'm basic that way. And this is basically police procedural sci-fi fantasy. Um, it's what the movie Bright hoped to be. That's fair. Yeah, actually, I'm. A, yep. Okay. I'm okay. With right. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except elves, because right. elves always get a good or a bad rap, depending on the fantasy vibe. And they're leaning in on fairly stereotypical that elves are the high and mighty privileged class, et cetera. Um, but this is kind of the story of one that kind of falls from grace. Um, and we're getting the first part of it, but black cloaks are basically cops in this world. Um, and we're following a detective and there there's, there's a murder of a Royal, um, high elf type. And it's kind of the beginning of that process. And just to sprinkle drama and everything on top of it, it's the main character's ex-fiance that she got basically thrown out of family for abandoning and we still don't know why but trauma i know why <laughs> um how dare you because i read issue two as well oh i didn't see issue two does it does it actually get to it it gets closer to it yeah good um yeah it there the art's kind of neat at first i was like it's kind of basic but at the same time i was like i don't hate it for this type of um, no, it's it gave me um what's the lady that does unnatural? Oh yeah, it's similar. It gives me that vibes, but somebody trying to do a simpler style of it. Yes, because it's not hyper stylized or anything like that. In fact, there's almost a, a lack of definition in a lot of places, which is fine. I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't click that as number one. Mm. And that was after reading two issues of it back to back last night. I was like it's not bad. I think you'll love it. I'll mail you issue two if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Like I said, if you're into police procedural and like it's sci-fi fantasy, but the language and everything is like you're watching Law and Order. <laughs> and and I think that's you. If you enjoyed that in issue one, issue two is going to be just as crisp for you. Good. Then that that means that that is the vibe of the book. So like, if that's your jam, but you wanted to be with elves and crazy sci-fi stuff then bam black cloak that's your jam so that book was mega thick yep <laughs> and the, the second one was i mean it was i was like i got halfway through the comic i'm like ugh, i shouldn't be tired of reading through one book um but i actually want to see now if they have the page count somewhere so continue um and then the other one was uh like the second one was good but like so i was gonna go between that for my new number one like, but I was on the fence, but I ended up going with a uh, liquid kill, and, which I didn't see. So, um, and that's the thing. I grabbed a bunch of new number ones just to try the, the see what stuck. Um, did you ever watch, uh, Eon flux? Oh yeah. This is Eon flux. Ah, if that is your vibe, any way, shape or form, this is Eon flux meets kill bill. <laughs> Um, um, and the art style, um, you'll see is just super gray. It is not okay. black and white. Right. But like the entire thing feels like I wished it was brighter. 
so <laughs> it's gray with like blood splatters um but like the art literally feels like you know how people were like super tall and leggy for no reason in eon flux it's that um <laughs> right. and like but it the whole thing is like um someone trying to interrogate someone for the, someone's identity somebody's location and then a very kill bill-esque fashion of like lots of murders that follow in the wake and it's incredibly stylized there's violence that feels like i can hear the animation Oof. um like of the runs and the slashes and the gushes and all the stuff so if you like sword play if you like super stylized violence stuff, not like The Punisher, but like anime violence. Yeah, I was going to say anime. Um, this feels like Eon Flux with Demon Slayer and Kill Bill. Oof. That's, um, a, that's a sale point. Yeah, and uh, the first issue left you on a cliffhanger. And I don't know that I want to spend $70 to complete this story, but I didn't regret reading this one. And so we'll see there's hector's i didn't regret this pick <laughs> it's like yes like i didn't regret it i don't love it but it was pretty <laughs> but hey, <man>. and <laughs> i've said that i've said that before sometimes pretty is enough when it comes to comics and here's the thing Dean. i would have appreciated a little more hue and the color palette mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. meh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like and how about red <laughs> Because, okay, like, one of the reasons why I didn't even pick up the um, Blue Notes book or whatever. the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I'm I'm also kind of tired of the three color uh, books, the Black, White, and Bloods, the yeah, this, yeah. that, and that. I'm like, I want my books to have more colors than guitar chords I can play. <laughs> um, so, please. I can... I could play 30 rock songs, just three chords. Yeah. And that, and that's what it is. It was like, please give me more illustration colors than my guitar abilities. That's fair. I respect that. I'm done. Okay. Razzle dazzle. Well, I, I guess that means we're done here. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's it for us. Uh, Huzzah. <laughs> yeah. Episode 82 is now in the books. It's now in your ears and your eyeballs. Uh, it's absolutely true. The rumors are not false. Uh, we are on YouTube uh, as long as YouTube doesn't all copyright block us. Yeah. All the rumors. They're <laughs> true. Scandalous. Yeah. Well, we, we got to we got get that hype. Um, so we're on the YouTubes. Uh, so you can see how goofy we look when we talk about these things. But then we, we hold up of each other while we're talking. Right, and when we hold up our books and you're like, why is it quiet? That's because we're holding up our books and <laughs> right. expect you to hear that. Hear that right. crisp picture? Yeah, you yeah, gotta watch you, this junk. You hear that? It's Yeah, it's comic book a AMSR, I guess, or whatever. Um, Listen to the crisp page turn. <laughs> crisp, crisp. Um, <laughs> wow. <sighs> <laughs> 82, 82 episodes in and you'd think we're good at this by now no nope. um shenanigans but a lot of you also know that we couldn't do this alone we are part of the love thy nerd podcast network there are a bunch of other shows here so be sure to go to lovethynerd.com check out some of the other shows maybe you'll find something else that you like and you know you can catch all of our previous episodes and find yourself something a little you know round out that workout or commute or whenever you listen to us uh so yeah that's gonna do it hector and i oh, by the way mm -hmm. the metroids on my microphone for michael brown 
Just throwing that oh, out there. Just just for you, Mike. Just just for you, Michael Brown. It's it's because we love you. It's because he he like uh he downplayed my Metroid skills. So I'm just saying. What's up, homie? Oh. So What's now up? we have to throw shade on YouTube. What's up? <laughs> Get good. That's no, just kidding. Uh, I was I finished Metroid last night. I was like, mm, I'm gonna put that on my microphone. There you go. So Hector and I do from the bottom of our heart our amazing comic book hearts. I uh, want to thank each and every one of you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. Uh, so don't leave us hanging. Rate, review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're all over the place. The iTunes, the Spotify, Stitcher Radio, probably some places we've never heard of, but hey, you can listen to us. So that's all that matters. So thanks for listening. And remember, kids, read more comics.